The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegorillaposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. Presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. Now in association with IndiePW.com. We are sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. In partnership with HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TBTalkPod. Listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcast, CastBox, and all those other podcatchers out there. As always, I'm Carl Carafel. And I am Big Joe. And welcome everybody to another episode of our Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, absolutely, Carl. And the week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling. And the first topic that I have up here, some interesting stuff going with WWE that kind of coming out of nowhere. And I think we're starting to see kind of the aftermath of, you know, the um, the co-presidents uh, being let go from the company, the stock price dropping. Uh, first one up here, Carl, is looking like WWE wants to basically give the, the, the pay-per-views now. No word if they're taking them off of the network. But they basically want to have the the pay-per-views available for other third-party streaming companies, you know, whether it be Hulu or you know, Amazon or something like I said. It's no word if it's actually going to happen or what the platforms could be, but it's looking like uh, I've been seeing this all over the place. I have been too, and it's uh, I, I think, honestly, it's, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Why not? I mean, the WWE, we obviously know and can see that it's struggling right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the the two co-presidents gone from the company. Things are just all up in the air. Who knows what's happening and what's going on with the company, especially with, I mean, essentially there's no presidents of the company right now. Mm -hmm. So it's, everything is just all up in the air. So to take these pay-per-view and uh, kind of give them to another streaming site or, or allow the rights to be, you know, shown on other sites is only going to benefit, I believe, the WWE in the long run simply because it's going to get out there to a multitude of other people. Mm-hmm. Now, they do have to keep it on the WWE network, though. That is essentially one of the biggest reasons why I still subscribe to the network. That's what I, you just read my mind because I was going to say if they remove them from the WWE network, that will be a death move for the network. Uh, you'll see subscribers. It's already not that great. If they, they get rid of the pay-per-views, Carl, um, is it too much to say the network could essentially be dead? No, it's it's not too much to say. And I don't get me wrong, they do have a lot of, of like really cool original content and stuff like that that they're absolutely. doing on there. absolutely. But is that going to be enough to sustain the, uh, especially for us in Canada, the $12 a month 
going forward. I mean, there are websites that are out there that can give you the exact same content that's on the WWE Network. I just have to watch it on my computer, possibly, uh, you know, Chromecast it up to my TV then, have to deal with, you know, a little bit of lag here and a little bit of, uh, you know, like distortion uh, sometimes from, you know, things not really being the best quality upload, stuff like that, right? Whereas with the network, it, it's right there. It's it's all in high def for me, and everything is good, right? So, I mean, yeah, they can't take the pay per views off of the network. Because I mean, going back to the actual pay per view days, we're looking at even for just some of the regular ones, we're we're in like in the sixty eighty dollar range, and you know this is every month, you know, so the the price that it's at right now. Even for for us um, as a professional wrestling podcast, you know this makes the way the network is right now makes us makes it possible for us to see uh, the the shows in a good legitimate way. And man, if if it goes back the other way, justifying these sixty and eighty dollar pay per views just isn't going to be worth it. Yeah, it definitely will not be. And I mean, for me, anyways, having the availability to have the pay per views on the network is amazing and essential so all of you know we talked about it last week i was on the jericho cruise after the jericho cruise we the wife and i decided to go to orlando for a bit while we were in orlando the royal rumble was happening (laughs) i didn't get a chance to sit there in the hotel room order up the pay-per-view on you know demand there right um so i had to go back and watch it afterwards and I was able to do so because I have the network. If not, yep. I would have had to have waited until, you know, the pay-per-view came, rolled around again at some point on the, you know, actual pay-per-view channels and then order it. And then, all like, bull, not doing that anymore. Did that for many years. Like you said, 50, 60 bucks for a high-def pay-per-view. That's, I mean, that's a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I have it for $12 a month. And that's how I want to keep it. It's a lot easier to justify the price, especially when we start getting into some of the content that's been going on. You know, we don't be paying an arm for an arm and a leg, you know, especially when we're seeing wrestlers getting wet dog food poured on them. We don't want to be paying 50, 50 60 bucks a pop for that, right? So, hey, it's, no. it's mainly just kind of been on the network television, but uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, yeah, it's some curious and tying right into this, the next topic that, you know, I think people are misinterpreting this a little bit as as this kind of something that's like right on the doorstep of happening. Not really the case. Essentially what's happening here is if the McMahons were to look to sell the company, Jeff Bezos and Amazon, they would basically be on that, uh, like white on rice, essentially. that's um, They're basically putting themselves in that position to where if they're willing to sell, they want to be there to capitalize on it right away. Now... Have you been able to see or hear or read why? Why they would want to get into the professional wrestling game? Um, I mean, it's it'd be a pretty profitable thing. They, they would have a lot of money to throw into the product, even more than, than Vince McMahon, right? Amazon, billions and millions of dollars. Um, if this were to happen, Carl, people might disagree with me. You might even disagree with me on this. I think that if Amazon bought the company, I think, honestly, it would be a fantastic thing because the just amount of money that could be poured into this company to to really kind of expand and do more i I honestly i think it would be a good thing it you're right it could 
be a good thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 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 going to use a Joe quote here. Um, <laughs> you can polish a turd, but that's, it's still a turd. That's true, right? Yeah. So no matter the amount of money that you throw into this, you could you know make it look like the biggest spectacle ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm going to take something the, from this past weekend at the box office. Okay, mm. so Birds of Prey. Right, the new uh, uh, movie that that just came out, right, revolving around Harley Quinn. Hmm. Um, they expected it to do a lot better than it has. They have thrown a lot of money into this to make this a very cinematic movie, mm-hmm. but it didn't do that well. It didn't do as well as they had hoped it would. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it comes down to no matter the amount of money that you throw into something to make it look as great as you can, doesn't always necessarily mean it's going to be good and profitable. That's very, very true. Uh, I'm just lo- I'm, I'm looking at the perspective of, you know, how things are right now. I mean, if you were, I think if you were to bring in, I think you would definitely want to, this is all completely theoretical, by the way, folks, because I mean, it's not like this is set to happen or anything, but I, I think I would definitely keep Hunter, uh, Triple H, Paul Levesque, whatever you want to call him involved, and then bring in some other great minds in the business. It's not like uh, Bezos would be in there, like booking the matches and uh, running the show. It's not like he would be stepping into Vince's shoes and being uh, on screen and whatnot. And I definitely wouldn't want that to be the case. But just the, the financial resources and everything that Amazon has, I mean, just when you look at them as a company right now, I mean, they're they're dominating the, the business market. I mean, brick and mortar stores, I mean, are closing up shop all over the place, especially down in the States. And now some of that is starting to trickle over into Canada. I mean, boy, they, they could really have a big monopoly on their hands and could possibly get into the wrestling business. It's so crazy. This is something that, I mean we've definitely didn't see coming and it's something that's kind of come out of nowhere and it's man it, it's a distinct possibility if we keep going down this path so it, it's uh some strange <laughs> man I, who would have thought amazon even considering buying wwe it's it's interesting it's absurd it's all over the place man it's yeah yeah i mean it really is now now another question that i have for you do, do you know why this has really even come out right now like, why is this even something that's being talked about? Now, I understand, you know, like Amazon has said, oh, mm-hmm. we'd buy the company. But like, where where did that even come from? Like all of this just v- yeah. very much so seems to be way out of left field. Don't get me wrong. I understand with the with the two co-presidents, you know, yeah. leaving the company or being fired or being let go or whatever it was that happened. Stock price dropped that's dramatically. Right. So now you've got all these shareholders and investors and stuff. They're kind of going, uh, 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 what, 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 right now, now is, do you think that that's where all of this is kind of stemming from? Absolutely. With the plummeting stock price, the uncertainty from the stockholder rate, uh, aspect of things, you know, Vince siphoning off a bunch of money to do the XFL, which we might get into a little bit later. Um, that actually did kind of decent at the beginning, but besides the point, I mean, just the the stockholders just don't have the confidence in the company right now. And what could happen with Amazon coming in is that could restore that confidence, especially, like I said, just given the sheer amount of money and resources that they could throw at this company. I mean, they, they could literally bring in all the best of the world and bring it up, back up to that number one status, which, I mean, they still are, but it's uh, just, you know... The other companies just don't have, they're not really quite at the forefront just yet. It's really the only thing that's keeping them alive as a company at this point. That and the Saudi money. So so essentially this was just uh, Amazon saw that the stocks had fallen and, and just kind of 
um, nonchalantly, just kind of, eh, you know what? If they ever sell, we'd buy them. And, and, and it's just kind of blown up from there. Yep. I think that, that they're just, they're putting themselves in that position to where if the opportunity comes, they're going to pounce. Only time will tell. We'll have to see what happens. Would, just imagine, like, if Amazon would buy WWE. I mean, just it's something, even going back to when we first started watching wrestling, who would have thought that, like, a big conglomerate like that? I mean, we've, you know, you know, talked about the possibility of maybe, like, Disney buying, you know, which, I mean, that's another possibility as well. But, uh, man, Amazon buying WWE, it's just, it's, uh, I never thought that those two statements would collide in the same sentence <laughs> right and and especially for it being uh an online retailer mm-hmm. essentially an online retailer yep. getting into the game of professional wrestling wow yep. yep it's it's absurd even the idea of it all right man let's talk about some non-wwe stuff here for a little bit let's talk about an interesting segment from last week's aew dynamite and we're talking about this Cody Rhodes and MJF segment that they did, the 10 lashes. Um, what are your thoughts about this? Did this accomplish what they set out to do here? Yes. For me, anyways. Now, I can't speak for anybody else. I can't speak for Big Joe. I can't speak for any of you that are <laughs> listening. Um, homework for you guys yep if you haven't seen this it's available out there on youtube there is viewer discretions that are on it um take that for what you will but go and watch this segment that was done and then i want you to go to our social media at tb talk pod and i want your thoughts Mm -hmm. on this segment so flood us flood us with your thoughts on this segment because we really want to hear your thoughts on this as well um for myself yes it definitely accomplished exactly what it was going for um i even like felt emotion coming out of the entire thing like i i i'm sitting there going wow like this is just unbelievable right now but in a good way and i'm feeling for cody and i'm you know kind of at the, at the very end of it, you you see the expression on MJF's face, yeah. and then I'm even feeling for MJF at this point, and I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I'm so happy because now they have gone back and kind of blurred those lines for me again, Yep. and I'm invested in this. Joe, your thoughts on it? Just physically, when you look at the aftermath, I, I mean, I've got pictures of it on my phone of Cody's back. I mean... Again, for anybody who likes to call professional wrestling with a four-letter F word fake, just show just show this picture, and there's nothing fake about that, folks. Point number one. Um, just for me, it really, really not that he really needed to. But I mean, this just further established MJF as, I, in my opinion, the top heel in the company. You know, he right from when he right from when he steps on that ramp to to when he leaves, he elicits the proper response from the audience this is one of my big beefs with with chris jericho and AEW right now is when he comes out that friggin music comes on and you have the audience singing along to the entrance theme song for a heel wrestler the psychology is completely backwards and whereas you have you have mg i I gotta just cut you off there for a second okay this whole chris jericho thing 
Yeah. Um, they got to change that song, man. They I mean, I, I can't speak on behalf of anybody else that was on the cruise. Yeah. But a lot of us were drunk <laughs> and a lot of us were, you know, in, in the audience for that. And, and I mean, essentially, that's kind of where the entire thing has happened and blown up from is from the Jericho Cruise mm-hmm. episode of Dynamite that happened. Um, uh, sorry, not sorry, uh, because that was like. Yeah. freaking fantastic but i think that that's where all of that is stemming from is that you know they saw the raw emotion that we put into it on the cruise into jericho's theme song and now they're trying to emulate that as well to mm-hmm. elicit the same response yeah. does it make it bad i think it does as well so i am in agreement with you there big joe they yeah. need to stop doing that sorry for cutting you off no it's I okay had to Throw it out there that yeah. we are the ones that originated. <laughs> Point that. finger at you, because um, I mean, there's even been times where he's like trying to talk the crowd out of it, one on trying to break it up. And I, I think at some point, you just pick another Fozzie song to use. And because, like I said, for me, just it's maybe <laughs> I've said this before. Maybe I'm too old school for my own good, but you shouldn't have the audience cheering and kind of singing along to a bad guy. It just it throws the whole psychology off. It doesn't make the character believable enough. I mean, Jericho can do enough to kind of hold on to it, but just yeah. it sets that wrong tone with the audience. But anyways, getting back to the this MJF thing and with uh, with Cody. I mean, just it's it set it up beautifully. I mean, just it, it's it's a very real moment that's happening there. It's uh, it's very it's somewhat reminiscent of the. Sandman and Tommy Dreamer angle that they did in ECW, but I would say maybe not quite as much because you know when you had Sandman, you had Dreamer facing off. I mean, you could literally, if you're really paying attention like I do, you could see Sandman's lip almost kind of quivering. It was such a such a cerebral, such a crazy kind of moment there. They they came close to that with with Cody MJF here, and uh, it's setting this match up beautifully. And uh, you know he had there was other people from the the back coming out and some people in the crowd are really getting into it. I mean, just, yeah, it's a, they did pretty good there. They did. Uh, I I think they, they, they really did fantastic with it. And I'm very happy with how it, how it went. For sure. It's setting the match up beautifully and hopefully they can knock it out of the part with the match because they've, they've done the build properly and now they just got to deliver with the match. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. Now, yep. some other WWE stuff here. Now, we've talked about this kind of before here, Carl, but uh, recently I've been kind of getting back into watching some more New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know if you've had much of a chance to, but I think still, I'm going to say this again, we brought it up before, that I think a lot of wrestling fans are possibly missing out on some of the best professional wrestling on the planet with New Japan Pro Wrestling. There is still this mindset out here, Carl. I know I'm, I'm, I'm beating this dead horse again, where the general audience out there thinks that Everything is WWE. That, that is not the case. You have New Japan. I think I think it's almost safe to say here, Carl, that they've established themselves as the number two company, the number two wrestling company in the world. You know, they're branching out into North America. People, you have to go watch some New Japan Pro Wrestling. Just recently, you know, we've had stuff with John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki. You have Okada over there. I'm just they're some of the best wrestling talent over in New Japan. In New Japan, and just when you watch a show, it's it really has more of a sports kind of feel. We don't see a lot of the, the hokey kind of segments. We don't do the dog food kind of BS. It, it really feels like a legitimate sport. And even the audience, remember when we talked to Jazzy, she, she, when she was wrestling over Japan, 
you get that feeling from the crowd that they're really there to really kind of enjoy the moment and, and get into it. You know, they, they treat it with respect. They, re, they treat it with the same respect as if it would be a professional wrestling or sorry, a professional fight, whether it's boxing, MMA or something like that. It, it's a very, very different feel and environment over there. You got to check it out if you haven't. Definitely. It, it is a totally different feel for things. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I think uh, Jazzy Gabert, when we had uh, spoken with her, that she she really, really painted a beautiful picture for us when it came to how things are done and, and just how beautifully worked everything is over there to make it feel as though it is more sport than it is entertainment. Yeah. Um you're right, though. I think that there are a lot of fans that are missing out, including myself. Um, I there's so much content out there, and and I, I mean, I'm the operations manager of a company, so it it's harder for me to be able to watch, you know, all of this stuff all the time. I try to catch as much as I possibly can, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, sometimes New Japan Pro is is a little bit of you know a harder thing to 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 kind of grab and watch um i don't have um you know their network so it's it, it's a little harder for me to find and be able to watch mm-hmm. the programming that comes from new japan pro now i am hoping that with this expansion to North America or to the United States, um, that we, we might be able to see a little bit more of it on national television. Um, you know, possibly on a channel that hopefully we can get here in Canada. Um, and then I, I'll be able to see a little bit more. Yeah, because what's interesting along with that angle, too, just to bring it up briefly, slightly on a bit of a tangent with uh, EW, I don't know if you've, uh, con to this carl but uh, i'll mention it to, to our listeners as well if you're subscribed to tsn like uh, how it works now with tvs you you get things kind of in bundles when you get tsn you get uh, you think you get four tsn channels uh where we are we get the big 10 network for for college sports and then there's an espn classic channel and that's what i want to talk about because recently uh, i'm not sure if it's happening at the moment while while we're recording here but they've been basically airing AEW Dynamite episodes just back to back to back to back to back to back. And that's been really cool. So, yeah, with New Japan, if they could find some way to get on to to cable television, that would be quite something. Um, I'd be I'd be all for that cuz New Japan World is a uh, is a little bit tough. Uh, I've kind of had it on and off. And uh, it's it's a little odd with the pricing and how they charge you went up because it's it is from Japan so it looks a little funky in your bank transactions it looks uh, kind of somewhat sketchy but uh, it, uh, yeah just uh, New Japan wrestling is fantastic folks just uh, just do yourself a favor even if you have to I don't normally say this but if you, if you can find some illegitimate way to watch it just to kind of get your feet wet by all means do so and I think you know you'll be hooked because god damn it is just they're wrestling over there is just fantastic and even going back if you want to go back into their back catalog i mean we've had guys like even andre the giant and hulk hogan has some of the probably some of their better matches actually mm-hmm. over new japan um yep i think even rick flair has done some stuff over there some japanese names like tatsunumi fujinami i mean just it's they have really good current stuff and then backwards as well there's they 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 have so much good stuff there to kind of go back on as well. Some fantastic historical stuff. I think even McFoley did some stuff over there. I mean, just damn. I mean, uh, if 
you're doing yourself a disservice by launching New Japan. For me, that's, that's what it's kind of come down to with the WWE stuff. I do catch NXT very occasionally. I'm, I'm really behind on that product. For me, it's come down to New Japan Pro Wrestling and All Elite Wrestling Weekly Television. That's the majority of my wrestling uh what I consume for wrestling content now. Because like you said, there's just too much. I can't watch Impact, Ring of Honor. Um, sure as hell not watching SmackDown Raw every week. So I've had to kind of fine-tune to just the stuff that I know that I enjoy. Definitely. And it, there is stuff that is available out there on YouTube. Um, so, I mean, definitely go and, and you can check out YouTube for oh, yeah. anything yeah. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Legitimate way to go about doing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just fantastic stuff throughout the years with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So very uh, under the radar company, uh, but hopefully, as we've said, with this new deal that they have in the United States, hopefully things will become much clearer and better for us. And especially with their, their marquee show, Wrestle Kingdom. I think, well, I had this discussion with Jargo in a recent episode while you were on the cruise, Carl, that, that him and I feel that they've kind of um, taken over as that marquee wrestling show for the year. You know, WrestleMania used to have that cachet to where we know WrestleMania is going to sell because it's WrestleMania. They've lost that now. They need to really kind of sell and build up WrestleMania because it's not just an automatic thing. You could still go and buy several, several tickets for WrestleMania. WrestleMania used to sell out months ahead of time. That is not the case anymore. Yep, it's very true. And I do believe that right now New Japan Pro Wrestling is in the works or it has become a done deal (laughs) that they will be back in the United States, the, the full company, New Japan Pro Wrestling yep. in the United States, and I do believe that it's happening on the same night as an NXT TakeOver. Is Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, I think they're doing another Madison Square Garden show with Ring of Honor, so that is uh, really something. Very interesting, and, yeah. and kind of happy to see that, uh, that they're kind of partnering up with uh, Ring of Honor again, maybe give a nice little bit of a rejuvenation to Ring of Honor again, um, kind of build them and help them out a little bit as well. Uh, and, and you know what? It, this has got to be something that Marty has done. Um, that's the only thing I can think of. Um, I know from the last time that things happened, there was lots of like really, I don't want to say shady, but really weird stuff that happened like like with, with Enzo and Cass and, (laughs) you know, and then like they were just there and then they were gone and then like nothing ever came of it. And then just kind of some really funky stuff, um, happening there. Uh, Now that we have, uh, Marty Skrull kind of you know, doing a lot more with Ring of Honor in a backstage type of capacity, I think that that, that, that's where we're seeing this come from. And hopefully we can see some amazing things from both companies at this Madison Square Garden show. And I think that that makes this deal of keeping Marty in Ring of Honor an even better thing, you know, just because we know he has this relationship with the guys over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So for me, whoever solidified that deal with keeping Marty in Ring of Honor, it's absolutely genius because it's helped repair this relationship with Ring of Honor New Japan because as we were seeing, that was really, really on the rocks there. So it looks like things have been mended there. And 
yeah, it, it's things are poised to be really good for them over in North America as well. So I'm really excited to see some of that stuff. And yeah, it's going to be, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some New Japan Pro Wrestling in North America. Now, Me too. a little bit of breaking news before we get to our, our Match of the Week segment uh, here, Carl. Um, this actually came up just before we started recording, believe it or not. And this is coming from the WWE. And The Rock's daughter has signed a development deal with Ring... Sorry, with Ring of Honor. With, uh, with WWE, Simone Johnson has reported to the Performance Center. And this is interesting here, Carl. And if she's got any of that wrestling DNA in her... She could do very well, but, you know, we have seen some of this stuff crossing over <clears throat> Nia Jax where it hasn't been so good. So hopefully this is a thing to where she has to legitimately work for it and it's not just being handed to her because of the family deal. I, I honestly think that that is what it's going to be. It's, it's, it's not really going to be a matter of her just being handed things. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, we're going to see um, where legitimately – she is working yeah. and legitimately things are going to be going well. Cause I'd like to see it similar to the, uh, the Teal Piper scenario to where, you know, she probably could have come to WD or come right up to the, to the forefront right off the bat. But, you know, she decided to go through uh, women of, uh, through wow and to really kind of earn her stripes or whatnot. So hopefully, you know, she goes through NXT and it's not just like a direct to the main roster type of thing. I really want to see her to, to have to kind of work through and really kind of earn that spot. Me too. I think, uh, honestly, yes, that's, that's what we're going to see. I mean, we're, we're talking, it's the rock's daughter, mm-hmm. right? He, and he had to go through and he had to work his way from the bottom all the way up to the top. And I think that he is honestly going to instill that, that, that same values and principles into her and, and, and have, you know, like her coming up, you know, and, uh, working for it. Um, I mean, I, I think it's great, all these, you know, next generation, because, I mean, we can't really say second generation or even third generation for The Rock's daughter. We're looking, what, fourth generation fourth, for yeah. her, right? Yeah. So, um, and then, like, crazy. yeah, I I think you had mentioned Teal, Teal Piper, mm-hmm. um, you know, like another, you know, generational star coming up um, who, you know, doesn't have to ride off of the coattails. Uh, but can, but isn't, mm-hmm. and which is something that I think is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another one to make mention of here, I don't know if you saw this one here, Carl, but uh, NXT star Tynera Conti has basically walked out. And uh, so it's it, it almost seems like she's kind of pulled a bit of a Sasha Banks, almost kind of a move to where I guess there was some kind of disagreement where she wasn't really getting used the way that she wanted. And she just basically said, I'm out. I mean, it was it was a number of different things uh, from what I am seeing as well, that it was uh, not the use and it was a money situation mm-hmm. as well. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I get it. I, I do. Um, I mean, if you're not being treated properly and you, yeah. you're not getting paid properly for the job that you're doing, then I, I get it. Like, yeah, yeah, do what you have to do. If you got to leave the company right now. Uh, there there's saturation of mm-hmm. companies yeah. and if she wanted to there's a lot of companies that she could go to i'll say nwa or mlw she should go to um she could actually kind of work her way up because right now she doesn't have that that cachet in the business yet she doesn't have that street cred she's a 
Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter who has crossed over into professional wrestling, but she doesn't have that legitimacy yet. I think she needs to kind of take a step back and then kind of work her way back up again because she is not really a much of a name person. So the fact that she feels that she's not that, that she's worth a lot more, I just I don't agree with that um, with that thought process right now. With her. But do you know how much she was getting? I don't know the amount. See, that's yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I don't know the answer to that either. But if she is working as an NXT star mm-hmm. for ten thousand dollars a year or fifteen thousand dollars a year, I mean, that's poverty. You, like yeah. for what they put themselves through mm-hmm. and, and it's not even just what they're doing in the ring, but they have to go to the performance center and they have to train and they're doing that absolutely every day. Mm-hmm. So this is something that, that, you know, like I understand it's you're working towards bettering yourself, but at the same point, when is too much, too much? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I say. And that's, that's yeah. how I feel about it. I mean, if you're going to push somebody to the point of, you know, uh, exhaustion and, and uh, like you, you got to be compensated for that. You definitely sure. do. And if you're not, then you know, get out of it, train at home or train at, at a gym somewhere and get in with a company that you feel is treating you as you should be. Uh, I'm glad that this kind of came up because, Briefly, I mean, it's still technically rated because we're talking about the XFL. And I don't know if you had a chance to see this, but I did find this uh, right from the XFL. And it, uh, I'm glad that they're they're being very kind of transparent about this. It's basically a breakdown of what the players are getting paid in the XFL. Now, the average salary, now this, again, this is an average. So there's some people that are probably going to pay a little bit less, some around this amount, and then some more. Uh, the average salary per year, $55,000. So every... Every two weeks, it's basically just over a $2,000 paycheck. And then if you win a game, uh, it's about a $2,000 bonus on top of it. So I think it's I think it's pretty cool that they're transparent about that, and especially given the uncertainty with the money and everything that's gone into this company to start it. Um, I think it's cool that they are saying, hey, you know, this is what we're paying the guys. Me too. And yeah. that, I think that that transparency is, is perfect. I mean – why not be transparent with it? I think they have to be at this point. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, essentially, uh, my sales <clears throat> from purchasing their, uh, you know, their gear and their memorabilia and tickets to go see the games and stuff like that yep. is is essentially helping their salaries, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, I, I, I would want to kind of know that, right? Um, I mean, I... I watch a little bit of the 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 NFL. Um, I, I don't have any like NFL memorabilia or anything like that around. Um, but from the original XFL, uh, I have a football from the original XFL. Yeah, I, I have yep. a hat from the old Orlando Rage. Um, like I still have that hat to this day, uh, and that helped support them. Mm-hmm. Right. So any money that I throw into this new XFL is only going to help support and and not necessarily be paying their salary because, I mean, that's that's already, you know, done deal. But I feel as though I'm helping contribute towards it. So I want to be able to know a little bit about what's going on. Just briefly on that before we move on uh, to one last uh, breaking news thing that I want to talk about. 
What did you think of it? You caught some of the um, the debut week of XFL, correct? Yes. What did you think? I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised. They uh, they didn't blow me out of the water, but I thought that they they, they did some. It's it's interesting. It, it's it's a nice uh, change of pace when it comes to football. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, I, I I'm happy to see what they're doing, and, yeah. and it, genuinely, it looked like the players were happy out there yeah. as well. Um, I'm go- I'm going for St. Louis. I- yeah. I'm a Battle Hawks guy. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to throw it out there. That's that's the team I'm rooting for. That's who I'm going for. And I I figured that even before the start of the XFL season. Nice. Um and nicely to throw this out there the uh st louis battle hawks were the only away team this weekend to come out with a victory so way to go battle hawks awesome uh but yeah like i was i was pleasantly surprised with how the xfl went um it's going to be interesting to see how it continues um, I know that there were a few um, wrestling personalities that were, Absolutely. you know, at some of the games as well. One of them actually took to Twitter and had said that the crowds are amazing, <laughs> sold out, and that lines for merchandise were like super long and like snaking around um, in the uh, in a formation, right? So yeah. I mean. Very, very nice to see that it has gotten over, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. to use a, a you know a wrestling term. It got over, and uh, hopefully it continues to. We'll see. The only – one of the rules that my, – my only kind of nitpick is how they're doing kickoffs. I'm a little concerned with that because basically what's happening is the, the teams are a lot closer to each other when they're kicking off. And essentially, other than the kicker – Nobody is allowed to move until the the guy receives the kickoff. My my concern there is injury because you basically have guys kind of standing still and then you're going to have people rushing up to uh, to meet that. I just I, I think it could be a recipe for some injuries to happen there, but hey, time will tell. That's right. So. Yeah. And it's uh, it, I mean, I think that that's as well is you know kind of the appeal two things mm-hmm. is that that's that's different that's different from the normalcy that we're seeing yeah. in the national football league mm-hmm. so seeing something a little bit different coming out of a football organization can only be a good thing in my books for sure and hopefully it has some longevity we'll see now one more thing before we get to our match of the week here and before we take our break Matt Riddle is coming out again saying that he is definitely going to retire Brock Lesnar. I, I might be in the minority when it comes to this here, Carl, but I like that he's staying with this. I know he's received some heat for this, but for me, if I was one of the higher-ups in WWE seeing this kind of going on, I mean, you have a real-life rivalry and a beef here. At some point... Dude, they, they got to bring these guys together to have a match. You have some actual heat that you could play off of. I mean, just imagine a match, an actual match between these two guys. It would be intense. Matt Riddle, did you take a marijuana? <laughs> of course, he always does. Like He's the bro, seriously, man. He's the bro. Okay. I, I, I cannot <clears throat> get behind this at all. Really? Okay. 
How how many guys have we seen go up against Brock Lesnar? How many guys that are three and four times the size of Matt Riddle have we seen go up against Brock Lesnar? How many guys have we seen double the size of Matt Riddle? How many guys have we seen the size of Matt Riddle? How many guys have we seen smaller than Matt Riddle? All of them have been taken out by Brock Lesnar. How many now, of them are we li- have this Matt Riddle come in and do a 20 minute show or a half an hour show with Brock Lesnar? Not believable at all. Now, Unless Brock Lesnar takes him to Suplex City, gives him four suplexes, and the match is done in five minutes, <laughs> I don't want to see nothing come of this because it is bullcrap. How many of them were previously legitimate fighters like Matt Riddle's? Remember that this is a guy with a legitimate fighting background like Brock Lesnar, fought in UFC and fought very successfully in UFC, mind you, and, you know, and, worked him, and then got into professional wrestling and worked his way up through the independents to finally get to the WWE. I think if, if there's anybody that deserves this chance with Brock, it's Matt Riddle. I, I can't see it. I can't buy into it. I, I, I can't at all. Uh, he's just another small guy that's going to get taken out by Brock Lesnar like Brock Lesnar does to every other opponent that's there. And now, I, you mentioned, oh, you know, legitimate fighter, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. This is professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. This isn't legitimate fights. So that has no bearing on it at all because this isn't legitimate fights. This is a professional wrestling match. True, true. To- totally different things. So for me, I, I just can't get behind this. I know that you are a bro and yep. you are a, a huge mark mm-hmm. for Matt Riddle. Yep. I get it. I can't get behind the guy at all. I think that he could legitimately be one of the few guys that can beat Brock Lesnar without having to resort to punching him in the dick. I I, I just can't see it. I mean, I I don't know. I... I I don't know if I'm missing something, but I just cannot see this at all. I, I I can't see this as being anything good. I can't see this as Matt Riddle, you know, taking down the beast, Brock Lesnar. I, I mean, like, I, I can't see this at all. He's, he's going to be a guy that's just bowled over by Brock Lesnar like Brock Lesnar has done to everybody else. Now, if the WWE... Uh, writers decide that you know Matt Riddle is going to go over on this I think that that is a terrible move because then you have just killed Brock Lesnar and you can't use him again for another five years down the road because there's no legitimacy to him at all after that which again you know leads to what we were talking about that they felt that if they were going to go down that path that they should have done it in the rumble to set that up. And I think that still a missed opportunity if they wanted to go down that road. Um, and I think it would have felt better had they have gone about it that way, but Hey, time sure. will, time will tell. And I, I, I think it could be very, it definitely be a hell of a lot more interesting than Tyson Fury versus Brock Lesnar, because that would just be a shit show for lack of a better term. So we bring this back to you, the listener. Again, go to our social media at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us your thoughts on Matt Riddle versus Brock Lesnar. Yay or nay? Yay or nay. All right, Carl, before we take our break, let's do match of the week here. Now, I actually have to correct myself from last week because I wrongfully 
picked my match of the week for last week, saying that it was Minoru Suzuki versus John Moxley. That didn't happen until actually the day before we're recording today. Because when I saw this, I didn't get a chance to see the whole match that happened. And that was actually part of a of a tag team match that I saw there, kind of unknowingly. But I'm going to move my pick from last week over to this week. Uh, it, it's still my pick, just it's I have to correct myself and then bump it ahead a week. Um, John Moxie versus Minoru Suzuki. Just go and check this out. I don't need to say anything more. I'll stop. It's a fantastic match. Just go watch it. After you're done, after you're done listening to us, finish listening to us first, and then go watch it. Smart move. <laughs> finish listening to us first. Yes, I made sure I get that. Yeah. So mine is one that I think kind of flew a little bit under the radar with people, and and mine is coming from NWA Power. Ooh. Um, Caleb Connolly versus Matt Cross. Matt Cross coming out with the win over this. Um, two guys that have been in the business for quite a while now that uh, really have, have, have just been doing independence, just, you know, independent all over the place. Um, never really on a huge stage becoming like that oh. household name type of thing. But two very good guys in the ring. Um like just very happy to see both of them working together and just everything in this match just seemed so fluid with the two of them. I was so happy with it. Well, I mean, Matt Cross, some of our listeners who follow wrestling pretty closely, you might remember he was uh, part of the, uh, the all in show. He was, uh, he had one of the early matches on there and he was actually in Lucha Underground as son of havoc over there. Yes. So some of our listeners might be aware who he is. I think that, uh, He's one of those guys, he's kind of somewhere, um, it's interesting with him because he's always been kind of in that middle kind of ground, but I mean, he is a he's, he's a journeyman in, uh, in the business and uh, just never really kind of got that big, big shot. It's not, uh, you know, we always say never say never, but uh, if there's anybody that uh, deserves a little bit of an extra push, it's that guy, Matt Cross, he's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, the, Caleb Connolly, same thing. Great like up-and-comer. He, he yeah. had time in Impact Wrestling um, under the name Caleb Connolly, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, I mean, both names that that have definitely worked for, you know, kind of mid-sized promotions, I guess you could say. Um, But just both of them putting on a great show. Absolutely. So, yeah, some good stuff there. Coming from two different, uh, totally different places. From New Japan Pro Wrestling and from... (laughs) Yeah, from New Japan Pro Wrestling and from NWA. Notice, I, I can't remember the last time that we had... Our match will be come from directly from like WWE television. I can't remember the last time that that happened. It's Wait, a, has that happened? It's it's been a while. It's been a <laughs> oh, while. Yeah. Which again, you know, speaks to the current state of, of wrestling. So, sp- having said that, we're going to take a brief break here, Carl, and we're going to come back, and we're going to come up with some dream match scenarios. And I have it kind of narr- narrowed down to where we'll pick two picks each for dream matchups that are have either never happened or just probably can't happen due to difference of age or companies and whatnot. So we'll come back and we'll give a couple picks each for our uh, dream matchup scenarios to kind of end off the episode this week. So we'll be right back. This week's episode is brought to you by Collar and Evil. Visit CollarandEvilBrand.com where you can get an additional 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, including this week's featured item, the Mirror Pullover Hoodie. Right, guys, Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys, and we are at that 
pivotal point of our podcast where we go through and we give you our show stopper segment. Yeah, Carl. Uh, these are getting a little tough to pick. We've we've burned through a lot of ideas here, you know. But thankfully, the world of professional wrestling always gives us things to kind of go on. This one is a little bit different. This I thought it would just be a, a little back and forth that we would do. Uh, dream matchup scenarios that either have never happened or just can't happen due to logistics, age, companies, you name it. So we each have a couple of picks here, and we'll go back and forth on ours. I'll lead off with my first one. Mine's a doozy here, Carl. And this is one, basically, this is legacy, hall, real original Hall of Famer versus current dominant force here, Carl. And I'm talking about the dream matchup scenario between Andre the Giant and Brock Lesnar. Can you wow. imagine if we were to take Brock Lesnar and put him back in the day with Andre the Giant and have these two say main event Madison Square Garden? Could you just imagine? As mentioned on a previous episode of the Hitting the Marks Processing Podcast, Brock Lesnar is one of those few guys that regardless of what era you put him in, he would be a dominant force. Yeah, no matter what era. Yeah. Definitely he would be. Right? You put him up against a Bruno San Martino or a Tatsumi Fujinami or an Andre the Giant, it would be a compelling matchup. And then you, could you just imagine these two guys going at it? It, it would have been something for the ages. Definitely it would be. That right? is, uh, I mean, that's that's a great pick there. Uh, even even really hard to decide who would kind of go over in that. Um, I mean, Brock Lesnar, you, you could almost argue, would be, uh, you know, a dominant force over Andre the Giant, who was, you know, like, like touted as being the biggest and the baddest and, you know, the best out there and, and undefeatable and, you know, like just this wonder of the world and stuff like that, right? So yeah, very, very interesting and good pick. Andre, just uh, briefly, Andre, I know we've talked about him before, but I want to touch on this again, and I know that you feel the same way about him. Andre is one of those once in a millennium, once in a forever type of wrestler. I mean, there will never be anybody like Andre the Giant, he had that presence and he had that ability. He had just that intangible thing. I mean, he was literally able to, sorry, in a WrestleMania match with Hulk Hogan to dictate what was going to happen in that match. Nobody in the history of wrestling could have had that luxury and that ability to do that. To no. basically go into that match and say, okay, Andre is going to decide how this is going to, to play out. And just and just everything about the man's life, just legendary. If these two guys could have gone at it, that would have been something incredible. If I had to pick a winner out of it, it it's it's really a 50-50 coin toss. I think that you would have to put Andre over in um, in that situation, just given the the real persona there. But again, you know, Brock Lesnar has some of those similar uh, attributes. It, it would be to me, it's it's a coin flip, honestly, and uh, I wouldn't be upset uh, either or winning that matchup. Time limit draw. <laughs> that would be right? something else. Yeah. Okay, your first pick, Carl. My first pick here. Um, I mean, not as epic as that, but. <laughs> 
um, two technical masters right. of the game um, that we never really got to see and and never will, unfortunately. Um, both still alive today, but we're looking Kurt Angle versus Brett the Hitman Hart. Mm. Um, I mean, you can refer to both guys almost as the excellence of execution when it comes to technically how they were in their matches. Uh, this would have been a beauty of a match to watch, uh, not to mention that both guys always brought their A game. Um, they, they were going, you know, to put the crowd on the edge of their seats every matchup that both guys ever had. Um, unfortunately, this one won't probably will never happen given, you know, the uh, the condition of Bret Hart mm-hmm. uh, as of late. Um, we're thinking about Bret as well as he kind of uh, – put out there on social media that he you know had uh, some skin cancer um that he is getting taken care of thankfully Mm -hmm. and he's going to be okay but with all of these health issues i mean it's 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 hard to uh hard to really know right so um who would win in this one (laughs) very hard um Maybe it depends on the type of match. Okay, so let's say that uh, it was an Iron Man match or a submission match. Um, definitely, I would go with Bret Hart winning. Um, if it was more of just a uh, you know one fall match, maybe Kurt Angle. Um, so I mean, it's it's hard to pick a winner when it comes to these, but overall, I would I would say Bret Hart. Interesting, interesting. I like that one. Okay, my second one is essentially going to be a battle of heels here, Carl. Mine would be Ric Flair, one arguably the GOAT. I, actually, I don't, yep. I don't think that's arguable. I think Ric Flair is the GOAT when it comes to professional wrestling. Yes. Versus, you ready for this one? Minoru Suzuki. Ric wow. Flair versus Minoru Suzuki. That would be... Another match for the ages there, Carl. You have two of the arguably some of the best heel wrestlers in the business combined with the technical ability, that presence. I mean, just all the intangible factors are there. This is a matchup that obviously will never happen. Only in our dreams and only in our imaginations will this ever happen. For me, this would be another one of those ones that I think it would end in both guys passing out in the middle of the ring to their submission holds. Yep. They basically be locked up together and they would just pass out. There'd be no winner. It'd be almost kind of like a draw type of situation. It would be something for the ages. Definitely. It would be, uh, again, two, two of the greatest when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can't say much more. And even with Minoru Suzuki, even outside professional wrestling, I mean, this man's influence goes way beyond that. You know, he was the in, the creator of Pancrase, which led to mixed martial arts, and it was a real foundation for that. So this guy's influence goes way beyond professional wrestling. Over in, in, over in Japan, I mean, he is somebody of some very significant importance. And, yeah, th- this um, started basically one of the building blocks of mixed martial arts. So this guy... You know, after it's all said and done, he's going to be somebody uh, in the record books. Definitely he will be. So your second pick. My second pick. um, My 
favorite <laughs> of all time. We're talking the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Yep. And believe it or not, this has never happened versus The Rock. Mm. So you've got wow. the showstopper mm-hmm. versus the most electrifying man in entertainment today. How did that never happen at WrestleMania? Right? Wow. This is totally a WrestleMania wow. match for the ages. Wow. How did that never happen? Wow. Very mind-blowing that that never happened. Now, technically, this could still happen. Saudi. I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't want it to be there at all. Oh, you know it would be. You know it but, would be. But, I mean... Shawn Michaels could come out of retirement yep. and and do a match. And, and The Rock could, you know, in between movies. Rock, um, could, do it. Rock could still go. Come, come in and, and do a match yeah, as well, absolutely. right? Um, so, I mean, this still could be, you know, a WrestleMania match. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now, just imagine both of the egos in this <laughs> trying to carry each other yeah. and make sure they put on the show of a lifetime. The ego in that match would be electrifying, mm-hmm. to say the least. Yeah. Um. I have a love for both of these guys. Yeah. But in the end, I can't go against Shawn Michaels. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, he's your favorite of all time. Um. Back briefly on my second pick. Uh. I I had kind of a, a runner-up choice for that. Um. It was one that was kind of flipping the coin over. I also had in mind Rick Flair versus Zack Sabre Jr. or somebody who's a little bit younger but still had that technical ability. So I was like, Zack Sabre Jr. or Minoru Suzuki? You know, both guys in Suzuki Goon. And Suzuki kind of edged him out there. But uh, Zack Sabre Jr. was another guy I was considering for that matchup too. That would be fantastic as well. Yeah, it d- definitely it would be. There, there would be like too much charisma in that ring. It would just it would be yeah. like too, almost too much, right? So... Now you want you want to talk charisma, okay? Um, my runner-up for everything since we're going we're doing a runner-up now, yep. um, and I'm not going to speak too much on this. I'm just going to say this, and everybody will know exactly what I mean. <laughs> Triple H, uh-huh. Macho Man Randy Savage. Wow, done. That would be something. That would be something. That would be a lot of charisma in that ring too. Right. <laughs> wow. Some oh, good yeah. stuff there. All right, man. I guess that, that about wraps up this week. Uh, the only other thing I want to make mention of before we go is that yesterday I had a I did something pretty cool for HTM Tech coming up on Thursday. I got to sit down with Matthew Schaffer Gage, MSG from over in the Hami Media Group. Uh, he is the host of the South Park uh, podcast there called Suck My Balls. And, you know, does some uh, wrestling stuff over there, too. And we had a great discussion on the South Park games and just the South Park show in general. So stay tuned on Thursday. Uh, it's going to be something worth checking out as well. Just wanted to make mention of that before we go. I have two things before we go. Okay. Yes. First is is a little bit of uh, breaking news uh, from about um, 10, 15 minutes ago that mm. you probably haven't even seen yet, but I'm going to mention it because, uh, we got a love for this guy, Tony okay. Kazina. Um, our friend Tony Kazina has gone back over to New Zealand mm-hmm. and the Fale Dojo. Okay. New beginnings for the Fale Dojo as 
the Fale Dojo welcomes a new era by becoming New Japan Pro Wrestling New Zealand Dojo. So New Japan Pro Wrestling New Zealand tryouts are going to be happening in May. There's going to be new trainers. There's a new partnership even with Coca-Cola. Okay. The Fale Dojo has now become the New Japan Pro Wrestling New Zealand Dojo. Huge news for for Bad Luck Fale and Tony Kazina, who is uh, one of the head trainers over there. Good for them. Well deserved. Yeah, definitely it is. So that there, congratulations to to, to them. Love it. Now, I, I was going to maybe talk to you about having this as a showstopper for next week. But okay. I, we, we got to talk about this now because this is relevant and prevalent as it's just come out. Sure. Okay. WWE WrestleMania 37 is going Hollywood when it emanates from the SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles on March 28th, 2021. Okay, I get it. Awesome. WrestleMania, it's been announced for next year already. Why are they not keeping this under wraps and revealing this during the WrestleMania broadcast as it has been done in the past? That is something for myself that I have always been a fan of is during the broadcast, then we're going to find out where next year is. Mm -hmm. Why are they announcing things early? Big Joe, give me your thoughts on that super quick before we go. Yeah, it's almost kind of a reason to tune into WrestleMania to find out where it's going to kind of be next year, and they they spilled their guts a little bit early. And on this too, Carl, I mean – I'm a little bummed about the location again. I mean, we're we're always seemingly we're either in Florida, or we're either in New Orleans, or we're either in California. Damn it, guys, go somewhere else. <laughs> we're bouncing back and forth between these three and four places all the friggin' time here. You know, come to Canada, go worldwide, go over to uh, London or something. You know, mix it up, guys. I understand that you don't want to go, you know, too far north in the wintertime or, you know, in early spring. But, I mean, come on, guys, you got to mix it up a little bit. I understand, you know, they got to go where the money is. But, like we mentioned before, WrestleMania doesn't have that cachet, um any feeling anymore it it doesn't just automatically sell out they really have to maybe that's kind of the idea here that they want to kind of uh, get the information out there early to try and sell tickets for it but i mean we haven't had this year's wrestlemania yet so just see yeah it, it's um cool that they're in hollywood but at the same time i'm bummed because we're we're in los angeles we're in california again yeah and i mean <laughs> what's very interesting about this it's too far is for us this, to go this arena itself the stadium is set to open in july it's not even open yet so it's set to open in july before hosting both the los angeles rams and the the los angeles chargers for the 2020 nfl season um despite still being completed the five billion dollar venue has already secured some of the biggest things so in addition to wrestlemania they're going to host the super bowl in 2022 um, they're doing the college football playoff national championship in 2023 and the Olympics in 2028. Yep. Now, is this something that that maybe we feel that the WWE is just trying to, um, you know, secure this and get in there to to kind of say we were one of the first people to ever be in this arena, even before the Super Bowl and before the playoff and before the Olympics. Absolutely. The WWE was there. I feel that that's all that this really is well i don't see that's all that it is but it's definitely a main factor vince wants to be able to say hey we drew in more than the super bowl absolutely that's what he's thinking 
And one thing I will say with this announcement here, there is one aspect of this. And I think this is almost kind of a good way to end off the episode here, Carl. There is one thing in this announcement that I did mark a little bit for, and it did put a smile on my face. So this is uh, this team is actually in Inglewood, California, uh, just outside of, of Hollywood and Los Angeles and whatnot. And the mayor of the town, his name is James T. Butts Jr. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I chuckled a little bit on that one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was one fun part about that announcement. James T. Butts. Junior. Junior, yes, junior. So there's a senior <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, I think that about wraps up for this week. Uh, barring any other kind of breaking news, which I haven't really seen, but this WrestleMania thing just kind of happened today. A little bummed out that they jumped the gun. They should have kept it for WrestleMania weekend, but hey, I mean... Uh, Trying to figure out what uh, they're thinking as a company. It's difficult because it's uh, things are in such a state of flux right now that this could just be an attempt to to try and drop some interest. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that, that, that's probably all it is. So, yep. yeah. With that being said, guys, make sure, again, that you're following us on social media at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. Follow and go and take a look at the merchandise from our sponsor, colorandelbowbrand.com. Amazing merchandise, amazing clothing going on over there. Uh, Go and check them out. Use promo code JKPODCAST. Get 10% off your order. Every purchase that you make from colorandelbowbrand.com gives us a little bit of a kickback as well, which helps us continue to bring you the amazing podcasts that we do every week. Absolutely. I could have said it better myself, Carl. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Have a nice day. It's me, it's me. It's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially led up by the flagship show, Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at hittingthemarks.com. Run. Right.